When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Thursday Trust Life with Jason Bonington and Toby McKinnon. Join the conversation on 0499 736 736. Welcome to Trust Life. Put on my blue suede shoes and I boarded the plane. Welcome to your Thursday moving day. It is on Trot's Life and thanks to Gareth Hall for a big giddy up show. Plenty of action and activity today. It's a standard show. We'll, Tim O'Connor will kick it off in a moment or two's time. Uh, we've got uh, Craig Jemison joining us from the Cranbourne. He's a trainer out of the Cranbourne Training Centre. He's got a horse in the Murray night named Crazy who is exactly that. There's a bit of a story behind that horse as well with his uh, former trainer too. who got really badly injured 12 months ago. So uh, we'll find out a bit more about that with Craig Jemison. Mick Gurin will join us in the back nine. And Jamie Cockshut as well with a special guest in Claire McDonald who has her third runner as a trainer at, uh, at Launceston on Sunday night. But she's someone that's uh, pretty familiar with harness racing. But first and foremost, our favourite segment is this one. Ladies and gentlemen, our first player to tee off this morning, Tim O'Connor from Ballarat in Australia. Get in the hole! Tim, mate, how are you? Hey mate, good to be on. Uh, it's a it's a drawn out intro, but it's one that I still like listening to even after all these times. I did like the little chuckle at the end, which shows you're still enjoying it at least. I am. I do smile all the way through because it makes me feel like I uh, I'm the golfer that I want to be. Uh, yeah, playing in front of a big crowd and smoking one down the fairway. And it's a bit special having your own intro. You must like for your segment. Oh. Garrick, I, I recorded one for Garrick Knight yesterday, which was just, I don't know if you heard it. It was Sean Connery. <laughs> so the same voice as the one you've been pulling for every single intro of yours? Uh, no, no, no. It was the short, it was a Sean Connery one. Hi, I'm Sean Connery. <laughs> if you're in a hunt for a Kiwi horse, like I was no. for the Red October. Mate, before we get into real business, no, yeah, before we get into real business, uh, I was on the text line last night with you as you were on SEN track, tipping some winners like you do. There was a horse in uh, that we both liked, Alpine Warrior. Uh, I can tell you a little bit, a bit more about this horse. Has been some issues with the horse around its soundness, and I just reckon last night watching it run. It just didn't look 100% sound once again in that in that last four or 500 metres. He didn't look comfortable. He wasn't sort of really powering through his stride as such. So 
I wouldn't be too disheartened with that horse. Watch. I reckon there'll be a little gap between runs again, and let's follow up on him next start. Yeah. No, I wasn't disappointed. I was, um, look, I thought he'd win. He trialled really good, as we've spoken about, and he, he found a winnable race. And it was just a weird race. I've need to watch it again, but a lot of funny things happened in the race, and that wind as well, I reckon that played an impact as well. He just never looked comfortable in the run. I did give out three tips yesterday. I haven't been putting them up on Twitter. I haven't been doing game plans as such. But the third one was by our boy who uh, got us the chocolates at 7.50. So I was, I was pretty happy with that. Well played. Well, that, that really hurts because I uh, <laughs> I had my final bit of the night on just Ralph who led and got run down by by our boy. So uh, at about um, the Westgate Bridge, I would have been when that uh, oh. result happened. I wasn't too thrilled. You, you're driving over it. You weren't standing on top of it contemplating anything. No, I was very disappointed, but I, I did pull over and get a, a coffee after that just to collect my thoughts. <laughs> yeah, that, Dar, Darren Carroll tipped uh, just Ralph as well. He did. Yeah, so um, I don't get many up on Darren. So the score between Darren and I now is 684 to Darren and one to me. So I'm going <laughs> to take it 100%, mate. So I might have been the same. No, he, wonderful judge. Um, what, what do you want to start? We've got a bit on uh, well, this weekend in racing-wise. Where, where should we start? Well, I've sort of, uh, the last month or so, I've become uh, Trots Vision's Country Cups man. I know the Inter-Dominion yeah. series has been really strong, but I, I've had the pleasure of heading to St. Arnold and covering their cup and uh, Gumbera to Chuka and covering their cup. And then uh, last Sunday at Stall as well. And I've, I've been talking a lot about the Country Cups Championship and the Mary's Idol Championship, which over the 25 Country Cups across the year, horses accumulate points. And it's coming right down to the pointy end of the season. There's one more race less left for each of them at Cranbourne on Saturday night, mate. And uh, the winner still isn't decided in either. No, it's great. And I, I knew when I mentioned this to you as a bit of a talking point today that you'd be across this because you love spreadsheets, you love tables, you love leaderboards. Ding, so, uh, ding, this... ding, correct on all ding. three. That's right. <laughs> Let, let's start with the Trots Country Cups Championship. So that's for the Pacers. It's led by Demon Delight, who we haven't seen race for quite some time. He's on 19 points. Phoenix Prince is second on 18 points. Our Millionaire third on 16 points. Level pegging with the fourth place Torrid Saints. So Torrid Saints, the only horse in the championship that can still win it and that is racing on Saturday night in the Cranbourne Pacing Cup. Of course, he was runner-up in the Inter-Dominion Grand Final last weekend. So basically, if he wins the Cranbourne Cup on Saturday night, he'll go to 21 points and he will win the championship, which carries a $35,000 bonus. So 20K goes to the winning owner and 15K to the trainer. So he needs to win it. If he runs second, Toby, he ties Demon Delight. And I am not sure what happens from there. Well... Funny, funny you should say that because I actually did make a call to a colleague of ours at HRV about this and uh, he wasn't sure either and he was going to follow up with someone else, but we haven't heard back from that someone else. So uh, we're not sure the answer if he runs second, whether it goes no. to a countback or do they split the money? I'm not sure. And it's... I'm, well, gut feel for me, just, oh, God, this is not locked in by any means, but gut feel for me where it stands right now is if there's a tie, it'll be split. Um, but I'm not sure. So, yeah, if Torrid Saint wins on Saturday night, he wins it outright. If he runs second, he picks up three points and ties Demon Delight on 19 points. So that's really where it stands. Any worse than second place for Torrid Saint, and uh, the prize goes to Demon Delight. The Trotters version is almost as interesting, and 
I think I said this in the coverage. I had Andy Gathon on Sunday at Stall, and it's a real credit to Andy uh, to get up on Sunday after having a horse running an Inter Dominion final at Majestuoso and take have horse will travel to Stall to try and win this competition. But in reality, mate, if Andy wins this competition, the ten thousand dollars trainer's prize, he gets more out of that than he would have for winning the Inter-Dominion as the trainer. So when you put it in that perspective, it's no wonder he got up Sunday and drove to store with one horse. Well, he's probably listening, and uh, there's no wonder he didn't come to Crown Casino on uh, on Saturday night because uh, there he was did. a, a possibility. He, he did? He did. He was there. Oh, well, uh, Andy will be listening. Well, thanks for the message, Andy. It would have been nice to catch up for a beer because I was there till all hours and did not spot him at all. But uh, anyway... Massive dedication. He leads the way with Have Horse Will Travel. 24 points for him. Travel Bug is second for the McNulty boys on 20 points. They're the only two horses that can win. And they both take uh, take on each other in the Cranbourne Trotters Cup on Saturday night. Well, assuming he starts, Have Horse Will Travel can only tie at worst because you get a point for going around. So he goes to 25. And Travel Bug, I haven't looked at the prices, but he'd have to be about 50 to 1 to win the race, wouldn't he? You would think yeah, he's up against it, and uh, I'm I'm guessing that the McNulty boys have basically thrown him in there yeah. to try and win it. You might as well because I don't know if they wanted to continually back him up this many weeks in a row. But look, it's a great prize, so you might as well roll the dice. And he's racing in tremendous form. He gets, um, you know, he gets a pretty good barrier draw, and he, he'll probably roll forward and try and make his own luck, I guess. So. Yeah, if Travel Bug uh, is able to win the race, he will tie with Have Horse Will Travel. Any other result um, and Have Horse Will Travel takes home the prize. And it, I'm not sure if Norm Jenkins needs the cash, but uh, I don't know, Andy might. <laughs> uh, the the, the uh, journalist in you, Tim, uh, will have a, if they tie these two, and the object of this whole series is to travel around Victoria and travel to all these country yeah, cups. And it's have horse will travel and travel bug. <laughs> like there's some sort of, there's got to be an easy headline there somewhere. I'm not sure what it is, but. Uh, uh, Michael Howard is the, the king of headlines at HRV. He would come up with something, no doubt. But um, yeah, quite quite interesting that both horses have travel in their name. Both been racing super. <laughs> yeah. They ran in the Stall Cup on the weekend. So look, it's, a, it's great to have the series. Uh, I can't recall, but last year, I think it was at least in the trot as well to find had it parceled up a mile out. Um, so it's good that there's a little side story to this Saturday night at Cranbourne. Uh, but I know we had uh, Ryan Duffy on a couple of weeks ago, the two of us, and uh, there was a bit of hope with Bonsell Benjamin and talking to Ryan like the horse is coming back from these races and he wouldn't blow out a candle, but he just doesn't feel like he's trying. He's had a lot of multiple injuries, and I know – uh, from my running background, it's pretty hard to really run hard through the pain barrier when you've hit it too many times, mate. Yeah, so that's that's right. I mean, he, what a wonderful career he's had, Bontel Benjamin. He has been retired, as you said. I was chatting to Steve Duffy, the owner, the other day, early in the week. Um, so he has called time on the horse's career. 95 starts, 17 wins, and obviously that unforgettable Inter-Dominion pacing championship grand final at Menangle last year. So, look, been a fantastic horse. The horse was obviously a little bit more special than usual just because they named him Bontel Benjamin, which is the name of Steve's late father. And, um, you know, who would have thought when they named him that he'd go on and win an Inter Dominion? So, yeah, he's going to live out his life up uh, up their way, up Shepparton Way. Julie, Steve's wife's going to ride him and take him on trail rides. So he's going to have a wonderful retirement. What a horse he's been. Three tendon injuries in his career. 
and he's been able to chalk up nearly 100 starts and uh, that into the Minion Grand Final. I think he picked up close to $500,000 in prize money, 487000 So just been a great horse. And obviously Jason Grimson, uh, he picked up the Into the Minion with him. And just in a short little stint, I think he only had about 10 starts with Jason and he won two races, including the Group 1, the big one at Menangle, on protest against Expensive Ego. Now, mate, Simon Beck is world famous for his uh, snow art. And we might be talking about another art that's, or arty that's uh, met the snow too. Yeah, I didn't, uh, I didn't know where that segue was going, but you, <laughs> you tied it together pretty well. You had me beat at the start. I knew uh, I would. Yeah, yeah, I was scrambling at my notes going, what have I asked him to talk about? Uh, yeah, so Lock and Varad, I saw, you might have seen on social media, he was... Uh, Beautiful the, picture. The, it was. Lauren Beautiful. and... Uh, uh, Shane Tritton put up a, a photo and a video of him uh, in the snow there, and he did look a bit perplexed, didn't he? Because that's not shepherd conditions that he's used to. If 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 you had to put a picture in to describe a word, that is perplexed. That is the photo because he really it looks perplexed. Yeah, what is this? <laughs> is he thinking, was, what is it? Was great. <laughs> yeah, it was. Um, but uh, I just thought on the back of that, I, I dropped a message uh, on Twitter to Lauren Tritton, the trainer now of Lock and Varadis over in America at, um, at their stables over there. He's been there since uh, early October, since uh, he had a down-the-track finish uh, here. I can't remember the race. I think it was the Gamalite free-for-all. He ran sixth in at Melton on September 17. So he's over there. He's working up nicer. They're really happy with him. He'll have a trial sometime in January. And... Um, they're aiming him for a series called the Bulgata Pacing Series. It's a six-week series. I've had a bit of a look through it. I can't find the exact starting date, but I think it's in March. And it's a, a series for open-class free-for-all paces. And I've actually looked back through last year. You see a lot of Australian horses in there, mm. like Sunny Weaver and, and those types of horses that have contested this series. So he's going to be aimed at that. So we should see him trialling sometime in January and then racing, I'd say, well, definitely in the lead-up to that series. So I'd say maybe late January through February, we'll see him step out in the US for his first start. Mate, uh, question without notice. Uh, Cranbourne Cup Saturday night. He's mm. ideals in front at the top of this home straight. And Jillaby Sylvester angles back to the marker pegs. Will Jillaby Sylvester run past he's ideal? It's oh, a good question. I'm going to say no. Yeah, it is a good question. Uh, if that's the way it panned out, if that was the only scenario. Uh, no, I'll say, um, particularly at Cranbourne, I'll say his ideal hangs on. And th- w- w- Which way would you lean? Oh, I just think Sylvester's coming out of this. I think the Inter-Dominion series has done him favours, particularly last week and this week, Julia Sylvester, because he didn't really have a gut buster at any stage through the series. Like, he was held up on a number of occasions and his race come out of a rock-hard fit, but without having hard runs. So he just might sprint lane through and win, and uh, I'll, I'll be doing the Friday form panel tomorrow with uh, Dan Malecki, and I think Torrid Saint will be the other one that will uh, benefit well from this race. He's naturally going to go through the fence, isn't he? Yeah, probably. Um yeah, I haven't had a good look at the race. I'm just looking through it now. But uh, the barrier draws, uh, it's worked out really well for a really good race, hasn't it? I mean, you've got uh, Rock and Roll do, uh, do drawn 12, the outside of the back row. He's the class runner. Mac Dan, 11. Uh, like a wildfire, Torrid St. Julie Sylvester off the back row. Then you've got some of the 
more emerging horses or the roughies, I guess, in He's Ideal, uh, Bulletproof Boy, Firefox, even Major Meister stepping up to this grade, all drawn well. So it's a going to be a great race and the market reflects that it's uh, i think it's pretty over i think rock and roll do was 280 out to about 310 320 yesterday it's still holding favoritism but yeah group one of course this week toby too i don't think it's been a group one for a few years now but it's back to the uh hundred thousand dollar mark and it's a double group one on saturday night so uh i know one excited man who's only called one group one before luke Humphreys. i think he's uh Quite pleased that this has been elevated to Group 1 status because uh, he picks up two more Group 1s to throw on his resume this Saturday night. <laughs> the great man. He's very happy. The great man, <laughs> Luke Humphreys. And the Trotters, mate, I don't know if you've had a good look at it, but uh, there's 12 horses in this race, and you can fair dink and make a case for dead set every runner in the race. Yeah, I agree with that. I do. Um, I've got a number coming out of the the grand final uh, the Inter-Dominion Grand Final, of course, Majestuoso was just beaten for second there. He's favourite, and that's understandable. And then there's a bit of a gap to a, a number of others who are all given a chance. Um, one that was back to... I had the TAB Big Bets come through yesterday, Wombat, and the one that was the significant mover uh, was Hopeful Beauty. And I'm not surprised. I think they put mm. up $11, Hopeful Beauty, after her win. Uh, did she win at Yarra Valley, beating one overall? I think it was. Uh, in good style there. She's won her last two. She was 11, or she is 11 into $5. So that's the, that was probably the horse that I wanted to back at 11, maybe not at five. Um, it's going to be hard. it's going to be a great race. Majestuoso, I mean, he's the class runner, but he's got to do it from uh, from barrier 11. So it's going to be a wonderful race. Uh, it's almost, uh, well, maybe you take two quaddies, one with uh, Majestuoso, one out, and then almost the field ticket to the other one. Yeah, I just got to be really peg dominated when they get rocking and rolling at Cranbourne in those last laps. They become uh, even more peg dominated than what a Melton does. So uh, my advice to anyone is uh, looking at pegs and all cashed up, hopeful beauty being stablemates drawn one and eight. Like you'd sort of think they'd be doing their best to maintain really forward positions in on the peg line throughout that race. I think you've read that. I think you've read that pretty well. Um, that hadn't quite struck me yet, but it certainly does. But uh, Hopeful Beauty Flying really took a step forward that last start when I really impressed me. So, yeah, I wish I was on at the 11s. Uh, five's getting a bit tight, but can certainly win. But I'll probably... Look, I'll still lean the way of Majestuoso just probably can't back him at two bucks or whatever he was. But, uh, he, you know, he's the class runner and his run... Was fantastic in the Inter Dominion Grand Final, and he's not taxed. I mean, you've got to remember that he's he came into that series first up after a long break, so he's only having what his fifth run uh, this campaign. So he's sort of really hitting top fitness now. I think. Yeah. All right, Tim. I'll let you go, mate. Uh, thanks for joining us, and uh, good little tee off here. Uh, Patrick says some exciting. Oh, yeah. Patrick from Melton says some exciting runs in the Vic Bread first heat. Yes, there certainly has been, Patrick, but. Uh, I think we'll wait till it uh, narrows in a little bit uh, to talk Vic Bread with Tim. Maybe next week we'll do a bit of that. Yeah, plenty of that to come. Obviously, tonight's the three-year-olds and then a big meeting uh, for the four-year-olds at Melton tomorrow night. So, uh, yeah, no rest for us. We'll, uh, we'll keep powering through. Nice to chat. I'll go play the rest of these uh, 18 holes. Well, you're playing golf somewhere. Oh, oh from I'm the teeing off with Tim. Sorry, mate. Yeah. Come on, you've got to be on to me. You've got to be on to me for that sort of stuff. I actually don't know. That's <laughs> shit. <laughs> Okay, I must be leaking. <laughs> All right, I'm out of here. Good on you, Tim. Thanks, mate. See you, mate. There's Tim O'Connor, and that is my favourite grab. Not sure it's Tim's favourite grab. Uh... I actually don't know. That's shit. Okay, <laughs> I must be leaking.
<laughs> Always great to tee off with Tim on a Thursday now. Uh, let's get a breakaway. Had a couple, we had a little bit of luck with our tips this week, so we might have a tip or two on the other side. And we'll also, we'll catch up with uh, Darren Carroll, who uh, tipped with Gareth Hall as well. So we'll catch up on Darren Carroll's tips for today and tonight. And we'll also, uh, catch, I've got a few tips for Mary Borough today. You're listening to Thursday Trots Life with Jason Bonington and Toby McKinnon. Welcome back. It is Trot's Life. Toby McKinnon in the chair on Thursdays. And uh, I've just been tipping the last couple of days as things are cleared up a little bit, had a little bit more time in my hands. Uh, pretty busy with the judging still, though. So uh, today at Maryborough, I had a bit of a look through this morning and good result last night with uh, by our boy winning at $7.50. Had the three tips there. Talara Shadow went around $51 and ran fourth. So it nearly got into the each way money for us. And Colonia Playboy, of course, got knocked over at the start. So we're seeing them pretty well last night. And there's a few today at Maryborough that I'm happy to have a little go at. Race five, number seven, Magic Mike. He's a pretty tough horse, Magic Mike. Hell of a nice horse, but it is first up from a spell. Foolish Pleasure's a horse that normally needs a little bit of luck. And I think Magic Mike's well and truly better than all the rest. American Legacy seems a nice horse too, but he's got a sticky draw. He's a tough customer, Magic Mike, when he's at his best. It's a small field. He generally comes around them at some stage. I think whoever it is that gets to the front over the 2190 at Maryborough today, tempo will drop. He'll dash around during the drop tempo, Magic Mike, and he's going to give us a great side at $9.50 and $3. I think he's a really good each-way bet to nothing. Race seven, number two, Jets Art. I just think it's nigh on the best horse in the race. A bit of a non-winner, but you only go back four and five starts ago. He ran six in a heat and six in a final at Melton at Metro level. He's gone back to Shepparton and raced without a lot of luck, really, for a couple of thirds and a fifth. He heads to Maryborough today, and somehow he gets into a 56 to 62, pretty well off, drawn gate two, Jets Art. I think he'll be really hard to beat. I think he's just a class above most of these. Uh, for our great mate, Graham Lyon, at $5 and eighty. Another really strong each-way bet if you just want to get your money back, back, but you can back him straight out. Uh, race eight, number 11, Mr. Jimmer Ringle. Breathe easy for me. He's a funny sort of a horse. He's, he sort of sells me one start and he goes around favourite and then he he sort of lets you down at another one. Mr. Jimmer Ringle I saw at um, Cobram last week when it won and it won pretty impressively actually from the second row. It draws the second row again. I really don't think this is much harder today. It beat Rockeria in the Black Assassin. That was a 46 to 54 at at uh, Cobram last start. Today's a 52 to 55. So 
Hasn't really gone up too much in the top end of the ratings as such. I just think you're going to need a little bit of luck, Mr. Jimmy Ringle. But at $12 and $3, it's well worth following as I've no doubt Breathe Easy and Mr. Jimmy Ringle are the best two horses in the race. So at those odds, I'm happy at the 12 and 3. And probably my best of the day, race 11, number 4, Polly Peacham. Uh, $4.80 and $1.90. I saw it $15 on harness.org and my eyes popped out of my head. Uh, it's going to it's gonna cross and lead here, Polly Peacham. It's been racing terrifically. It absolutely loves to lead. Uh, Tony was disappointed. It was set to race at Echuca's first emergency. Couldn't get a run. It was off the second row on that occasion. I think it's going really well, Polly Peacham. It's my absolute best bet of the day, four eighty and a dollar ninety. You're going to get a great, great sight for a long, long, long way today with Polly Peacham as it will cross and get to the front. It has blistering gate speed. And I don't think Segoy Elto or Elena, who should be on its back, are much of a danger. The dangers will have to come from the, from around the outside. And, yeah, I think Polly Peacham, absolute best of the day. Let's get to some news. Come back. In the next, uh, back the other side, in the next uh, half an hour, we've got Craig Jemison, who we haven't had one of the Jemison brothers on yet. Maybe Bond's had them on. Uh, certainly haven't been on with me. And we'll catch up with him a little bit about Cranbourne and a little bit about this horse called Crazy. The SEN app. Now live with Jason Bonington and Toby McKinnon. Trot's life, the dream is never over. And we're joined now by someone I've been hoping to get on actually for some time, uh, or at least one of them, and it's Craig of the Craig and Tony Jemison combination. Craig, firstly, mate, uh, where are you today and how are you? Uh, yeah, just actually pulled up at the 7-Eleven, Toby, just uh, grabbing a quick coffee. So, yeah, good, thanks, and um, thanks for having me on. I don't. I'm off the coffee pretty much at the moment, so I'm all right. Thanks, mate. <laughs> yeah, well, I stopped at the coals, but the machine was down, so I've had to carry on further. Fair enough. Yeah. Now, now I've, I'm going to make this rumour up, and it's not true or anything, but is there any true... Your middle name's Alexander, and uh, once Noel found that out, he moved over to take you in as his illegitimate son? Oh, I think he's taking Tony on, mate, because he shoes his horses. So <laughs> that'd, be a, that'd be a fairer comment. Yeah, he's taking Tony under his wing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Now, take, take us through it, mate. Uh, you, you and your brother, Tony, uh, trained horses in New Zealand for some time with, with some success as well. And uh, you had 10 winners together as a combination. And uh, you decided up camp and come to Australia. Yeah, basically, we sort of, um, we trained we trained a few together, but we both had our own businesses. And we tried to take the long road, Tony, if you, Toby, sorry, if you like, and um, with the goal of, Combining our powers and buying our own property to property to set it up, but it just sort of got money. further and further, yeah, further and further away. So um, we soon realised it wasn't going to happen, and um, yeah, so we started looking for something like we've found here. So it's worked out good, yeah. Your parents are in the sport in New Zealand. Yeah, mum and dad, they're, they're, yeah, obviously our biggest supporters. They've bred horses all their life, and dad actually had a nice one early on, just when I first started driving, and. Um, yeah, he was a quite a nice horse, and um, 
they've got an interest in, in a couple now. So um, yeah, but yeah, they they certainly love their racing and and the thoroughbreds as well, um, both sides. So yeah. Did you come over here and do a couple of stints when you were a young bloke in the early two thousands? Yeah, I did. I actually went to Queensland. Um, yeah, when I was um, sort of uh, sort of junior driver and and um, spent some time up there. But I was also um, I went to New South Wales about five of I don't know five or so years. We've been we were over there and um, and um, we, that's where we bought our first house and and um, we we yeah we got lucky there. We're, able to sell that and buy a few acres back home but it was only five acres and, and not quite enough we couldn't um go to that next step even together so um yeah here we are it's over here so the Cran- cranburn training center which we've covered off a few times on here but it's a facility that you just can't build yourself can you and there's so much there for you yeah and you, you sort of I mean, it's um, obviously nothing like your own place, but we just, yeah, we we just like to acknowledge these guys and the foresight they've had to, um, you know, just back home. It's it's um, there's not that um, acknowledgement of 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 young people not being able to buy their own property, and then they just got nowhere to go. So um, yeah, yeah, we're we're just thankful of of the fact that they've. Um, Trying to, it's the same at Shepparton, you know what they're doing up there. It's um, really to be commended what what the you know the the what they've um, done and trying to do with a, with a few more um, I've heard possibly going ahead. So, I mean, it's because um, Tony and I have sort of spoken. It's you know you there's a, in the near future probably like a sort of a baton change, so to speak, when a lot of these more established trainers even here will sort of not probably retire but they'll they'll eventually wind down and um you know it's you need that the next um sort of generation coming through don't you if they got nowhere to go though yeah they won't be training so um yeah it's um really thankful to um these guys for doing that you know now take us through a couple of these horses and i want to talk a bit about this horse crazy and He's a pretty eclectic horse. He's had the 23 starts for four wins, but he's basically been non-competitive in 16 of those 23 races, and he's a real scallywag at times, isn't he? Yeah, and you can add the, yeah, probably four trials that we've given him to that telly. Toby, he's, um, <laughs> I was going to get to that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but um, in saying that, though, to be fair to like, he... Um, well, it doesn't look like it, but he's he's slowly sort of getting better, and 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 with everything he does, and I'm just hoping that translates to the translates to the track in the near future because he was a he can be a handful off the track as well, but that side of him's sort of come really good, and especially in the last fortnight, I've been really pleased with him, but haven't haven't trolled him um, to to test that theory out, so. Um, but yeah, I worked him. I worked him uh, yesterday, and it's probably the best behaved he's been, and and whatnot. So, um, but yeah, we're more we're more hopeful than confident um, for Friday night. But in saying that, the, we all know the abilities there, so it wouldn't um, shock me at all if he if he um, did trot round and run a really good race. You know, tell us how you got the horse, because Tim Hall. Had a really bad paddock accident. He he, he got he touched the uh, he touched the electric wire and it, and it gave him a shock and he he moved suddenly around a horse and the horse reared up and 
and trampled him basically and he broke his ribs, his shoulder, he punctured his lung and pretty much crazy who he was training at the time hasn't raced since. So is that connected to uh, the horse coming over here to you and are you mates with Tim and is that how you got the horse? Uh, yeah, well, Timmy, well, we were sort of next door to Timmy at the, at the raceway there when we were training and... Um, and yeah, he just sort of when he knew we were coming over, he um, well for a start, it's uh, you know obviously a, a lot more mobile starts here, um, yeah, yeah. and yeah, and just with it's a yeah, just especially over there, like he won those races, and he was basically I think two or three times he was in, he raced in the in the top grade over there. There was not that sort of second tier where we're hoping to get him to, you know, just below the better ones. But, yeah, um, yeah. so that was a big part of it, I think, because if he um, if he does what we know he can, um, he'll certainly be um, competitive um, next year, you know. He'll do a really good job if we can um, if we can uh, get him there, Toby. So, yeah, but he, he was, yeah, well, that was, that was um, another, you know, we're grateful to Timmy for doing that because it's... Um, yeah, it was uh, he's a nice horse, and we just sort of, but it's not going to happen overnight. And that's where, you know, Tim's a horseman himself; he knows that, and um, he didn't, certainly doesn't expect it. So, when you've got a free rein to just take your time, and there's no pressure, I think we'll get him. You know. Yeah, yeah, very much so. And, yeah. And if you don't get him, then uh, you, you might realise Tim didn't send you a present; he sent you a headache. But we'll worry about yeah. <laughs> we'll worry about that if that happens. And we're yeah, gonna. Well, they do. They do do return flights, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, I, yeah. But I think he's going to be an interesting watch. I think a lot of people are going to be on a journey with Crazy and just see how he goes, mate. Uh, you've also got Shuby Gotcha in, who's second up, and probably a pretty strong race for Shuby Gotcha to be drawn seven second up at Melton on Friday night. Yeah, 100%, Toby. And to be fair, he was, although he had no trials, he was, Fairly plain, I thought, his first start. I thought his work was better than what he went. But, um, yeah, he, he's a little cold too, and I think sometimes he, he has to think about what he's doing. So we've put the um, the blinds back on him, and, and um, that seems to have really sharpened him up. So, um, yeah, but just a shame. It was a He could have drawn, won the second row. He was either there or won the second row on the... Um, preferential draw so it's just a shame I would have liked to have seen him tucked in on the pegs would have been far more suitable but um, yeah he's still on the way up and yeah he's, he's another nice little horse but um, I think it'll be a big ass there tomorrow night you know Now mate uh, I did hear in the in the whispers that when you got here that you'd arrived and you had a naked ambition and I thought geez that's that's intriguing and, and unusual and I know there's a nudist beach <laughs> down that way somewhere and you know I thought each to their own and then I see you're training the horse Naked Ambition, so my apologies. I, I took that the wrong way. Sorry, mate. No, you'd, you'd likely see Tony <laughs> on the nudist speech. But... <laughs> yeah, but, um, yeah, no, she's, um, but, yeah, she's, a, that's another one we got um, got very fortunate. As, you know, it was a shame to see, um, obviously, Dylan Stratford um, gave full time away, which is a shame because, um, yep. yeah, we we we. we We've given him a mention to everyone that's asked too because a lot of the ones we've got was through him and he, a lot of them weren't easy horses when they were, when they were young, you know, and he educated them right through and we've just taken over when they're, you know, ready to roll. So, um, yeah, he was another one we we um, we couldn't thank enough old Dylan. But, yeah, we got, obviously, when he left, we, we got her. And um, so, yeah, we've just, everything we've, 
sort of um, got Toby, we've been very lucky, you know. It's just um, it was just meant we could um, obviously, you know, when you get here, you you got rent and whatnot to pay. So we we walked into a decent amount of payers, which we will be forever grateful to those guys that supported us, you know. Well, she, she's a pretty talented horse, Naked Ambition. She won she's won three Metro races and. When she's done it, she's done it in great style. Like off the pace, generally, she seems to come with one really good sweeping run. And I suppose Saturday night at Cranbourne race three, her form doesn't look great, but she's third up from a spell. And you just don't know in a little field like that might just suit her. No, and I think yeah. To be fair, we just had a couple of setbacks on top of each other with her, and we just um, we needed to um, out here on Saturday night was the was the main aim, and we just had the not hurriedly line her up but we she probably wasn't ready for Shepparton where she I thought she ran a really good race and yeah, then um yeah yeah I was really pleased with it. and then the other night we sort of needed another run before this week and um uh Ange just sort of said she she just got running out of it when they, they really opened the throttle down the back and and um she just gets she puts an odd step in now when they're uh, now and again when they're really running so up until then, he, I think he was fairly happy with the way she was travelling and, and, and felt. So it was, yeah, those two were more fitness runs. And, I'd, yeah, I'd be I'd be surprised if she didn't um, hold her own stead that night. I think she's she's fairly, um, you know, she's, I worked her this morning, actually, and I was, yeah, fairly happy with her. So I'd be surprised if she didn't um, run a race, actually. I was at Cranberry Monday and uh, BK Merlo, put on a fair performance actually before the start of the race. She wouldn't head back around after the vet had a look at her. She she sat in her bum a couple of times almost like a dog sitting waiting to get fed. And <laughs> she was fractious in the score up again and then she really got to the line well. I don't think it'll be too long till we see BK Merlo in the winners list. Nah, well she's yeah, she and she's won two before she come over, obviously. Yeah. And yeah, she's another one with ability, but um yeah, obviously that's not much good to you if you if you if you can't um, put it out on the track. But yeah, she's she's only um, she's only a five year old, and yeah, I think you you'll see a bit of me even mentally next year. She's um, and but yeah, she's definitely um, worth persevering with Toby because she's another one that can run. But once she gets a head around it, I'll, I'll, yeah, it'll be a lot easier for both of us. Yeah, I'll leave you with all those headaches, Craig. You sort them out with Tony and uh, just keep your, uh, Tony's clothes on over the next couple of days and we'll see you at the trots, mate. Yeah, I'll do my best. <laughs> Good on you, Craig. Yeah. Uh, great to catch no. up with you. Thanks for having me on. Cheers, Davey. <laughs> there's Craig Jamison and there's nothing like giving your brother a clip on uh, National Radio, is there? Let's get a breakaway. Big second hour still to come. Mick Gurren, another great Kiwi uh, friend of the show, will join us and then uh, we'll move into our Taz racing section with uh, Jamie Cockshut. And I'm not going to link any Jamie Cockshut jokes to the Naked Ambition jokes. Uh, Jamie Cockshut and Claire McDonald will join us there. You're listening to Thursday Trots Life with Jason Bonington and Toby McKinnon.
Welcome back to Trot's Life. The first at Maryborough is underway. Those following uh, Darren Carroll's tips would be on Good Time Mickey here. The eight is three back the outside. It's a really strong headwind in the home straight that uh, Lockie's talked about. Hold on to your hats uh, at Maryborough today if you're there. As a Good Time Mickey now has pulled out three wide. We might just uh, we might have enough time here. We'll take the last uh, 40 odd seconds of this race. Into fourth, tracked home by Harry's a rock star. Back on the inside, held up God's gift, and Lizzie's legacy is the tail ender. They reach the end of the Ben Stud back straight, where the leader asked to quicken Emily Vincent. Sporting Grace on the outside, two metres away. About to be asked for a little more, levelling up. Good time, Mickey, sustaining a sprint three deep, but under pressure with the deafness popped. Rain them in, we got back to the inside. We'll get the Sky Valley sprint lane, and Harry's a rock star's winding up deeper. 28 1, wind assisted down the back. Emily Vincent, Sporting Grace, and now Harry's a rock star right down the outside and good time Mickey going with it. They've still got to get to the local Emily Vincent. Sporting Grace Harry's a rock star's late but it's Emily Vincent in front close to home and Emily Vincent leads all the way. Beats either Sporting Grace or Harry's a rock Emily star. Vincent gets them. up here at 100 to 1 and I'll tell you what I did uh, Trot's vision last week, Humble Tony and Day at Maryborough and this horse had been trialling really well and I just from memory, it, it had performed uh, moderately at stall at its first start. Yeah, it was at stall its first start from three back defence. It wasn't too bad last start either from three back defence. It ran ninth, I know, but it was only beaten 20 metres and uh, comes out and wins the local at 101. Great drive by Luke Dunn and congratulations to Paul and Luke. We've had Luke on the show before. Onus, MacGyver, MacGyver and Wandon. And they're important wins, those first wins in any horse's career, uh, particularly if you are Vic Bread and as a two-year-old. So not only f- about, what, 4500 prize money jumps in, but hopefully the, the full Vic Bread bonus, if it's eligible, another 7000 So you're looking at an $11,500 return with a two-year-old Emily Vincent and it goes into its three-year-old season. And it'll be back now. It's, uh, what, a... F- it's a 37 rate. It'll, yeah, it'll be back. A, it'll come back as a 50 rate. It's basically a three-year-old maiden. So they're, they're great wins and very important. We're nearly at the news. Let's go to the news. Back with Mick Gurren on the other side. Thursday edition. It is moving day here on Trots. And Mick Gurren answered the phone and is unable to keep talking. There's been something happened uh, in New Zealand, and he's uh, busy working on that uh, furiously. So that frees up a little bit of time here. We might be able to get to our Taz Racing segment just that uh, little bit early. Uh, Darren Carroll's uh, tips. We're going to – I could play the Darren Carroll tips. I did say we'd play them at about 12.20, so maybe uh, – I'll hold that off. We have had one of them run already. Good time. Mickey, who uh, failed. I, I did give uh, four tips out earlier. Just quickly go over those just to uh, buy some time. Get involved in the text line, 0499 736 736. If you've got a question about something or you want to uh, throw something at me, now's a good chance to do it uh, as we've got a little bit of time to fill here now. Uh yeah, my tips for today, here we go, big fella, just straight on to it, big fella. Wish you all the best for your Thursday, Toby. Invested in a second harness horse with a horse with a person you know. Hopefully more exciting and some serious fun times ahead from big fella. I did hear that, uh, it got mentioned actually, big fella, I think, uh, last night on the coverage uh, with um, 
with Tim O'Connor. Uh, and best of luck, big fella, in that. And the beauty with harness racing in many respects, if you are prepared to invest into a horse from New Zealand that's already been racing, you do pay a little bit of extra for them, I think. Uh, but relative to gallops, uh, it's, re it's relatively cheap. Uh, so you pay a bit for them to come out from New Zealand, but you've got a ready-made horse ready to race, and uh, the syndicate you've got already with Where's the Gold, and it's with Emma Stewart. So you've got every opportunity, haven't you, when you're buying a horse that you know has already got ability, you're sending it to an established trainer who you know has got plenty of ability. Uh, you, you, you're really reducing the uh, odds of having a competitive horse. And I don't think we're going into any of these syndicates like the one with Where's the Gold that thinking you're going to uh, break the bank or you're going to end up a millionaire out of it. That's not what it's about. It's about getting to the races. And it was great to see Big Fella. Uh, you, your brother was out there, and I've just lost his name, and your father as well, uh, at Melton, watching uh, Where's the Gold when he won that night when, when the Peacock, uh, Tim O'Connor, who I dubbed the Peacock, Afterwards, uh, he strutted around afterwards and we did have a bit of fun with Tim the next week and boy, did he go well at Geelong, where's the gold? That was a red hot race. Uh, the winner of that, of course, interest free who went around in the Geelong Cup. Now, those four tips and big fella, you might have missed these if you're just texting in now and I think there's you can have a little each way on at least uh, two of these and maybe uh, I'm pretty confident on two others. So race five, number seven, uh, Magic Mike, small field. He's a re he's fit. However's however's yeah the best horse in the race, but I'm not sure how fit however is Magic Mike. I just think tempo will drop, and seeing the windy conditions at Maryborough as well actually increases uh, my liking of Magic Mike. He's such a tough competitor, a bit like his driver Jack Law. Jack's a tough competitor as well. Don't you worry about that. And, I was seriously stoked for Jack with Torrid Saint running second. I think I was more happy than he was for him. Uh, I know he would have loved to have won it. Imagine he had won it. He was at, uh, I saw him the next day at stall uh, in the driver's room. Race seven, number two, is my next tip, Jets Art. Just think it should win this race. Best horse in the race. Had it, coming off some Melton form not long ago where it ran those two six uh, down in grade here. And draws great in gate two, uh, Jets Art for Graham Lyon and, and the puppet, Chris Elford. Race eight, number 11, Mr. Jimmer Ringle. is just massive value at $12 and $3. I think it's the second best horse in the race. I think Breathe Easy is the best horse in the race. But he's a bit of a gay deceiver, Breathe Easy. He's sort of, or a graffiti artist, I like to call him. He puts the writing on the wall continuously, but we just can't catch him. Um, ooh. Big fella, not just Tim Toby, add another person in the mix as well. Have a question for Big Fella. Why isn't he working hard like he keeps telling the family? From Tracy, Chloe, and Ryan. Wow. Oh boy. Oh boy. Uh, I've got that actually on the button bar. I can play the oh boy. Oh boy. Oh boy. Uh, yeah. Um, he'd be on his lunch break, Trace, and he um, he's just eating and sending a text, and he wouldn't be listening anymore. Yes, we are all excited and great to be, get it to, to be together in this horse. Stu has chimed in. So Stu is in this horse as well uh, in the Where's the Gold Syndicate. He's belted on into it. So Tim O'Connor, Stu, big fella. It's a real SEN field of this horse that's uh, come over from New Zealand, I think. Emma Stewart's training it, I believe. 
Anyway, back to my tips. Race eight, number 11, Mr. Jim Ringle for Terry Gange and Alan Tormey. Was really good at Cobram. Uh, there's, and having seen the conditions, it's a bit tricky because it's going to be a big headwind in the straight. So I'm not sure if that's going to suit Mr. Jim Ringle, but Alan, if Alan can get on the back of Breathe Easy and follow it everywhere, uh, she can get a toe up into the race, get out, and I think she's a great each-way chance at uh, 12 and 3. My best of the day, race 11, number 4, Polly Peacham. Crosses will lead. She's much better than Elena and Segoy Elto, who'll be on the pegs as the main dangers off the pegs. So something's going to have to come wide. I'm really, really confident. Polly Peacham, my absolute best of the day, 480 and $1.90. Uh, next Thursday... Hoping to have a visitor into the studio at some stage. And Stu, whilst you're listening, mate, maybe uh, might be able to get you down next Thursday if you're not doing anything. And a few of us might go out for lunch. Might mention it to Tim O'Connor as well. We might be able to get Tim in studio as well next week rather than down the line. And maybe a few of us can go out and have some lunch after at 1 o'clock. If you want to get involved, uh, let, let me know via Twitter or something. Uh, come on down. And uh, might see if we can get out and have some lunch. And might be a sneaky uh, little amber ale with lunch as well, if uh, you get my drift next Thursday, because I don't have trots afterwards. So uh, might be able to get Big Fella. Trace might be able to come down. Oh, Big Fella will be working hard, of course. Sorry, Trace. He wouldn't have time for lunch and a pot. Uh, and Stu might be able to come down, bring Carol as well. Be nice. Uh, let's get to a break. And hopefully, uh, Mick Guren, uh, all is well over there. All is well with Mick, but uh, he said there's a big story breaking. And he's unable to come on. Might catch up with Darren Carroll's tips too in the next little segment. Uh, Thursday, Trots, you never know where it is uh, going. Um, yeah, no, we will uh, next Thursday. I've got, uh, I'll be at Yarra Valley Racing on the Friday, uh, working for my old mate Brett Shambrook and the crew out there. At the Gallops, would you believe? Uh, running marquees, 800 in a marquee. He's got me down there to run and host on the day. But let's catch up with Darren Carroll. I've done you a favour, Darren, if you're listening. I've cut your first tip out, and you'll know why. Because it didn't go the greatest, but it went okay. Uh, but let's catch up with what Darren had to say uh, with Gareth Hall on Giddy Up, and we'll get some winners maybe for Kilmore tonight. As I'm not allowed to tip there because I was working at Kilmore. Uh, then we move to race six, number three, direct command. Had no luck at all its last three starts. Um, been in the death in each of those occasions. The last time it sort of missed the kick a bit, chased the gate in one of those junior drivers' races, and it's probably an ill-judged drive, I would have thought. Um, gets Ryan Sanderson back on today. Uh, I reckon it leads, and that's the key. So it leads today, so it gets its chance. Uh, race six, number three, direct command. And then also, like in race eight, number 10, Breathe Easy. Um, a horse that's really getting down in its classes. It's made a much better grade before. Um, simple process for a read. It likes to be driven to come with one run. My preference would be it gets a three-wide trail and then goes whisker up the long straight. Um, but it can come solo if it has to, but it ideally gets a, a cart into the race. Um, it just found a very, very winnable race here. So race eight, number 10, Breathe Easy. So... The three at Maribor, race one, number eight, good time, Mickey, into race six, number three, direct command, into race eight, number 10, breathe easy. Then we move off to Kilmore with those big bread heats, mainly taking up the card, as I said. I actually like um, race two, number two, Raw for Roscoe. Um, 
probably think I'm a nutcase taking on an Emma Stewart horse that last start won by 44.2 metres. Um, but this horse, to me, was one of the finds of the um, the Breeders' Clown series. Certainly an unheralded find, anyhow. Uh, he made the final. He was really good in that race um, where the superstar of um, Emma Stewart's won the race. Um, he, he was ultra-competitive. He draws to lead tonight. So, therefore, my theory is if you're going to beat him, you're going to park him. So, uh, hopefully it leads and, and makes uh, the Emma Stewart horse do some work. And I think, you know, second favourite in the race, it's worth a punt. So, race two, number two, Raw for Roscoe at Kilmore. And that'll do us, Gareth. So, race one, number eight, race six, number three, race eight, number ten at Marrowbar, and race two, number two there. And I'm looking forward to those heats at Kilmore tonight for the Vic Breads as well. Good on you, mate. Thanks for that, Darren. That was Darren Carroll with Gareth Hall on Giddy Up. I do like grabbing that to catch up on his tips. Big fella says, sorry, Toby, was rudely interrupted and did not get your last tip. That last tip is Polly Peacham. Race 11, number four, is my best bet uh, of the day. I think she's just a known leader. She's going really well. I spent last Thursday night, Brad Stevens, a, a good mate of mine. He had a great win at Maryborough. We're not far off the second here at Maryborough. Uh, had a great win, and I just happened to be um, travelling from Maryborough to Cobram the next day, which meant I was staying uh, opposite the pub where Brad drinks uh, the all-seasons, and um, Brad had a really good collect on the punt. The horse was 30 to 1, and he bought me a few beverages. And let's say uh, he trains uh, the same establishment as Polly Peacham. And uh, they were really, uh, he was really a buzz. I was talking about how it got scratched at Echuca. And they said, well, we th- they thought they could win at Echuca. I said, oh, yeah. Anyway, so it's in today. Uh, it's going really well, Polly Peacham. And I'm sure they'll be very confident. And uh, the, the Friday morning, just to wrap up that Brad Stevens story, I was driving to Cobram. I held an inquiry by myself in the truck and Brad received a 12-month suspension. He will not. I will not be having a beer with Brad for 12 months. Um, it was like a 50-rater taking on a 120-rater. Uh, great bike, Brad. And uh, the boys there up at All Seasons, Tim McConville, uh, Ryan Osterbury was there as well. There was a couple of other uh, harness racing participants. We're about to go here in race two. We might take the second from uh, Mary Burra. There's a few galloping as well. Uh, one off the front there is galloping pretty badly. That'll be double helix for Phil Giles and Jackie Barker. A couple of good horses in this race. Uh, Maestro goes okay. That's not my gate, which is uh, which is a Craig not-owned horse. has settled down in third spot. Tracy says, I think the partners of you, Toby, Stewart, Bigfell, deserve a lunch out from Tracy. Oh, I agree, Trace. Let's get Geraldine Carroll. And yourself, Trace, and we'll, we'll all sneak out for a lunch afterwards. And anyone else is welcome to join us as well. Kurt's fired in on the tips. Bad four in the New Zealand gallops, Toby. Probably why Mick can't come on. Um, I can't cl- clarify that, Kurt, but uh, you're a very wise man. I think that's Kurt from uh, Kurt B. Tips, uh, who we've had on a few times. He's doing some wonderful work with Benny Kra, the, on the We used to have Benny on the early crow segment. Uh, yeah, Kurt. I would say so, mate. Uh, let us know, Kurt, if you're going to be at Leeton on the 26th. Surely, surely to God you'll be at Leeton on the 26th. For the Breeders' Plate, I will be there. I'm heading up on Christmas Day. couple of nights in Leeton. Absolutely looking forward to it. I'm going to do the show live from Leeton on Boxing Day 
and the day after as well. The Boxing Day will be easy. It'll be quite easy, Boxing Day. The day after might be a different story. They're just into about to go with a lap to go here. Christmas Baber's lead. No surprise there. Loves the lead. What will be will be is up parked in the chair. Clive Dalton's horse. Great play, Clive. And Annie Dalton. Very popular participants. Uh, leaders back. And that's not my gate. For Craig Knott, 1-1. One, one. Let's cheer. If you haven't had a bet, cheer on. That's not my gate for our great mate, Craig Knott. The McPherson's Sprinting Group 800, 32-3 was the second quarter, so a 62-5 half. And down the back, what will be, will be, Jodits ahead in front of Christmas Babe, who holds the inside advantage and rallies through again to put its nose in front inside the 600. Elegant Peak awaits on the Sky Valley Sprint Lane. Boys fourth, that's not my gate, travelling well. A move from the back, three deep, trying to get them going was uh, Maestro. In the middle, show me the Muller weaving through. No run, Elderbar and Bell on the pegs and double helix at the rear. 28 Seven down the bend, stud back straight, and the whips are cracking now, heading for home. Christmas Babe on the outside. What will be will be three deep. That's not my gate. Maestro's four wide. Aldebar and Bell ran up behind them, looking for a gap in the traffic, and so show me the Muller and wider out double helix. That's not my gate. Got to what will be will be. Show me the Muller. Aldebar and Bell's got a gap through. Uh, just battling what will be will be now, but it's that's not my gate. Pulling clear, and that's not my gate goes home to win. Beat show me the Muller. Third has gone to what will be will be. And well, we got the winner. On fourth, then Maestro, double helix. But it isn't Craig Knott's horse. It's David Young's horse. That's not my gate. I just looked it up. I'm so used to these trotters uh, that have been winning races of late being Craig Knott's. It's not one of Craig Knott's. It's an interesting horse because it's bred in WA and it's pacing bred. Follow the stars forever happy and was very cleverly named. That's not my gate. I actually had Puppet on one time and asked him about it. He's such a character puppet, you... Um, you ask him something like that at the racetrack and you'll get a very funny answer from him normally. I think that's what keeps him sane. His insanity is what keeps him sane going to the trots all these years. Still can't. I still, I don't know what I told this story on, but was chatting with James Herbertson, who's up to about 220 winners for the year, uh, which is, you know, what what's that uh, you think about? It's not quite one a day, is it? It's like 0.6 a day, 0.7 a day. Chris Alford drove like 360-odd winners in a season. More than one a day it was. Four, 460, I can't remember the total number now. More than one a day it was anyway. And when I said that to James, the look on his face was just unbelievable. You know, he's put so much work in this year to get to those winners. He, he's he's driving pretty much every day and, and not just driving horses. It's driving to the track and back. That's the real driving that's the hard bit. And... He does get assistance, though, Herbie. He does have some friends that uh, take him to races. Uh, his mate Greg often is driving him to the trots, which helps him because he can sit and do some form. And if he's had a late night into an early start, he, he might be able to get a snooze in. And I commend him for doing that. And I think the sooner that uh, a young James Herbertson or a Ryan Sanderson says, you know what I need? I need a manager. I need to part with uh, 5% or 10% of my money. Uh, pay a manager, have them chase my drives, have them sort out all my drives and answer answer the phone for me, have them uh, to assist me getting to the trots, uh, to and from, have them organise other stuff for me. I remember a story about Leighton Hewitt's best mate at high school uh, was on tour with him and his job was, uh, <laughs> thanks big fella, uh, his job was to entertain Leighton in 
in his downtime. So Leighton would say, well, I'm going to be in France for the French Open from this date to this date. I'm going to be playing at this time. I've got practice in these hours. I've got three hours on a Monday from two to five. And his job was to fill that Monday from two to five with something for Leighton. And they'd go off and do something together to try and get his head and his mind out of tennis. And I go back to uh, uh, Herbie or Ryan, and, and I'd love to see him have a manager and, and incorporate a bit of that into it. Get your head out of harness racing for a bit. We've, you're going to be at Melton on Saturday night. We've booked you a room here at whatever. Uh, and, you know, Sunday afternoon, you go into the Big Bash or something, you know, or whatever it would be, just to get their mind out of harness racing for a little bit. I know he'd be driving somewhere on the Sunday. might be at Cranbourne that night or something, but... Uh, I just think you make their lives just that little bit better. Big fella says, that banner killed a little bit of time. You need it. Uh, thank you. Yeah, it did, big fella. And uh, hoping that all is uh, not as bad as it seemed in that fall in New Zealand as it's looking rather serious from what I can see uh, on Twitter at the moment. So fingers crossed that those early reports aren't exactly right and... Um, Everything works out for the best there over in New Zealand because that's certainly the, the most serious nature of racing comes to the fore sometimes. Unfortunately, you're, you're there on horses in both codes that are running extremely fast times and when something goes wrong with a horse, you can have no chance of um, avoiding that and unfortunately, every so often, we do lose people, uh, jockeys and drivers uh, from the industry, from the sport there's not too many sports in the world where an ambulance follows it around as it takes part as you take part in it uh there is an ambulance at a lot of a lot of events though at a lot of sporting events but she's certainly one dangerous sport and we do lose sight of that sometimes uh particularly in harness racing when on those first corners on the small tight tracks things can get really really super dangerous next half an hour I had Mick Gurren on. I thought, you know what? I normally have a guest about 12.20. I won't today. I think we'll go a bit deeper with Mick. We'll talk into Dominions for a fair bit. There was a bit going on in New Zealand as well uh, with, at Invercargill. Uh, uh, yeah, a bit going on at Invercargill. There's $100,000 race in Invercargill. I'll cover that off with him. Uh, five Wise Men, my favourite trotter in New Zealand. It hasn't won a race since it's a three-year-old, and it's rising five... Uh, it gets a great chance to win over there and copy that off 30 metres in the summer cup. I was going to cover all that off with Mick. We weren't able to, uh, and that's fair enough. And uh, best of luck to all involved in that fall in New Zealand. Now, let's get to the 12.30 news. Taz Racing segment coming up. Jamie Cockshut, Claire McDonald. Claire McDonald is, we met as the manager of Devonport Harness Racing Club. I wonder where that's up to now as they were closing the old track down and building a new one. So we'll catch up with Claire on the other side of the news with Jamie Cockshut. And, of course, Jamie will have some winners for us at our favourite old venue in Tasmania, on Bernie on Friday and also Lawn Seston on Sunday night, where uh, last week, so art I, <laughs> so art I got up uh, to Jamie's disgust. He left it out of his quaddy. He went one out on there, regardso. And I took him to task on it. And, of course, uh, unfortunately for Jamie, uh, I was correct, um, which we didn't really want because I wasn't invested and, and Jamie was. 
Anyway, let's get to the news. And Claire McDonald will be back on the other side of the news. And uh, it would be great to catch up with Claire. We, as I said, we had her on uh, last year when it was the closing of um, Devonport. And it's back. Uh, it'll be back, hopefully, over the next year or so. The SEN app, now compatible with Apple Watch. Download today to listen anywhere, anytime. Here's what's making SEN news. The federal government's energy relief package has passed the lower house, 85 votes in favour and 41 against. Labor is hoping to get it swiftly through the upper house as well, after locking in a deal to win the green support yesterday. Unemployment has remained steady at 3.4%. Welcome back to Trot's Life and it's our Taz Racing segment with Jamie Cockshut who is down the line and Claire McDonald uh, joins us as well and it's uh, it's not welcome to Trot's Life for Claire, it's welcome back to Trot's Life. How are you today Claire? Oh good thanks Toby. And Jamie mate, uh, nice and early there for you, uh, how are you buddy? Yeah not too bad thanks mate, yeah, no, just... Um, wake up, Tobes, just to uh, make sure I'm here to listen to your dulcet tones and have a chat to Claire. You, uh, you tell us you're the hardest working person in uh, in the world, Jamie. So how come we have to wake you up for this? I don't know about the hardest working person <laughs> in the world, <laughs> but but yeah, no, I watched a bit of the football actually, so I am a bit tired. <laughs> <laughs> but nah, she'll be right, mate. Nah, I'll soldier on. I'll go to work as soon as I finish. We we finish the show, mate. All right, now Claire, tell us a little bit about uh, your history in harness racing, and you've got a horse called Sports Candy who's having its third start for you as as a trainer, and and it's your third start as a trainer as well. So maybe we'll go back and uh, have a chat, or you give us a bit of an explanation your history in harness racing and where your love for the sports come from. Yeah, no worries. Um, so I was born into the sport. Um, my our parents have both got um, family involvement in that. Um, my mum grew up in Victoria and her uncle and grandfather had horses. And um, on my dad's side, my grandfather and dad had um, always trained horses. And dad took a little trip to Victoria to look at a filly. And he always says, you come home with two. Um, his <laughs> mum happened to be there at the stables as well. So um, that's how I come about. And um, I think First trip to Hobart, I was about nine days old. Mum had to take the double float as well, and we've been going ever since. So what family is your mum from? Uh, her uncle um, was called Chris Stiff, and he lived up at Maryborough. Yeah, okay. Very good. Yeah, just a little hobby trainer. And your dad is Rodney Burgess, who's had, had a bit of success over the time. Got a few good horses from David Miles and the, and the Light family. So is there a connection there, or is that just people that you bought horses from over the time? Yeah, family connections through racing. Um, also the Dunn uh, yep. family as well. Um, yeah, Aaron um, Dunn and the team up there. So, um, And, you know, back in the day, um, you know, he was you know, leading trainer in the state when I was a kid with great horses like Benin and Our Lady Lindy, Nubina and, um, yeah, and the like. So, yeah, just always been a part of what we do. Jamie, I'll let you enter the conversation. You might know a bit about Rod as well. Yeah, no, Rod's been around a while, but he he, he took a back backward step oh, probably three or four years ago, Claire, because he's getting on a bit, isn't he, the poor old bugger? 
Yeah, that's right. Yep, Hill's um, has caught up all those years of um, shoeing his own horses and uh, working hard. Uh, but he's certainly um, very keen to supervise. I let him know I was going to track in the morning and we had to readjust the time so that he could um, come along and supervise. He's um, certainly got a, a, um, a new lease on life, having a, um, a racehorse about the place and um, also helping the kids out with the ponies. He likes to, if we're a bit stuck for time, he'll drive the jogger and the kids put their ponies on there and that keeps him, you know, engaged with the sport. Yeah, did, did he head over to Melbourne last weekend with the kids with the pony trot for the Inter Dominion night? Mom yeah, we did. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, Dad didn't, but um, he, you know, watched keenly on the replays and things like that, and was waiting for photo updates. Um, it was an amazing experience for the kids. Yeah, no, it would have been an amazing experience, and you know, just something to to urge the kids if they were sitting on the fence whether to keep going with it or not. But I'm sure they're hooked caught hook, line and sinker now after that experience on Saturday night. And, um... Yeah, 100%. And like, all those four kids um, that went over, they're all fourth-generation harness racing kids. So I think it basically tells you once, you, once it's in your blood, <laughs> um, you're always hooked in some way, shape or form. Yeah, well, well, that's it. You know, like Gareth and Melissa's two daughters, <laughs> they've been... Oh, jeez, on the pony trots ever since I was two or three years of age, I think, since I can remember. I gay Gareth's grandmother sent me some photos the other week about them. Um, the little fella, the little son leading a pony into the leading a pony into the stalls and, and all that sort of stuff, which was just unbelievable. Yeah, no, they, um, they certainly know. And look, um, you know, all four families are really keen on good um, Good skills and having fun, and that's what it's all about. Um, you know, doing your best and uh, and you know representing the state well. All the kids wore there. It's why we raced t-shirts, and there's a great pic of the four of them lined up. <laughs> Um, they're looking uh, at the saddling paddock, and um, you know they've got stars <laughs> in their eyes. They're loving it. <laughs> How far are they off uh, race driving, Claire? Is that is that that far away? How old are they? Um, no, this this group are a bit younger. We've just lost obviously Brody Davis and Jacob Duggan have um, slipped up into the driving ranks, and Ryan Backhouse. So they're you know it is a good um, grounding for the kids, but. The, um, the eldest of the three girls are sort of 12 and 13 at the moment, so they weighed um, from 13 down to 6. You, you must take a lot of heart, though, from the opportunities that the, the junior kids get down there. Like We've got them leaving Victoria to head down to Tassie because they get more opportunity, you know? Yeah, you know, it's a, it's a bit um, smaller pond, and so they can come down here and, and um, get a, go around a little bit more, but you know, certainly it's... Um, in any career development, you need to um, seize opportunities, and that means moving around, whether it's moving companies or moving states, it's what you've got to do. Tell us a bit about Sports Candy, who's racing on Sunday night. It's uh, has it, Is it a horse you've always been associated with and you've just taken over the training? Yeah, um, we were shareholders with her when um, Connor um, first bought her from New South Wales, and um, obviously she's you know getting up in grade and... Um, it's a, she's a tricky horse to um, place and race for other people so we were really keen just to have a horse that was a, a nice sensible horse as a hobby um, she's a lovely, lovely old girl to have around the place and um, just a change of scenery for her um, uh, work her out of the paddock and um, easy going pace compared to a bigger stable um, she seems to be enjoying it um, you know, hopefully she's, she's competitive this campaign What chance Sunday night Jamie? 
Oh, she's got a pretty tough race, but she has drawn well. Hopefully she can just sit behind the leaders and hopefully they go hard and she can just keep poking through and the gap opens up and be good to see hit the line because she's a capable sit spinner on a night and she's got the perfect draw this week, Toby, so it wouldn't shock me to see her you know, around the mark for sure and she's definitely one to put in for the the minor exotic placings. But while, while we've got you there, Claire, have you got any dreams to have any more horses in the stable if it's keeping Dad keen? <laughs> I'd love to not go to work and play horses all day, but it doesn't pay the bills <laughs> unless you've got a big team. Um, I think my long-term goal in um, racing industry is to have one or two and have a, um, a race horse adjustment uh, business. So, uh, you know, work hard for the next few years and um, have enough property then to be able to do that. I've just dabbled in it for a little bit for a couple of people recently and you know, had some good results and good feedback. So one day um, that might be what we can do. Oh, you know, that'd be unreal, you know, especially up there at the northwest coast. It's a beautiful part of Tasmania, even though I'm down south. But, um, <laughs> it's the best part, Yeah, just it? another... <laughs> yeah, just another one. We'd we'll, we'll be quite remiss of me not to touch on the progress of the new track at Devonport. You know, you'd know a lot more about it than me. What what's going on there, mate? For the listeners out there. Yeah, um, starting to get to um, uh, some exciting stages where people will be able to see things. Um, the development application is now live, which is really exciting. Um, at with council. And um, after um, New Year, we will go out to um, for public consultation. Um, it's a it's a great location, especially close to the ship and the airport. So um, you know, we when we hold the biggest races in the state on the best track in the state, uh, it'll be great for flying in and uh, bringing in horses. Oh, that's great news! And you know, for the people out there, just to you know have the confidence that it's going to happen sooner than later. It'll be good to see some of the yep. plans up there. In the new yeah, year and yeah, um, for the Northwest. Yeah, plans look amazing. Um, stables, you know, under one roof um, with public access um, to them. Parade ring straight out onto the track and about 15, 20 metres from the function centre. Uh, it will be, yeah, be really good. I'll tell you a quick story, Claire, about a bike over here. Tim McGuigan, who always trained one or two horses for a long time, and then Darby McGuigan got to about age 17 and started race driving, and next thing you knew he was working 10, 11, 12, and he still is working 10, 11, 12, and I just wonder if in five or six years' time, uh, Claire McDonald's got not quite Ben Yole numbers, but you've got 10 or 12. The kids are all involved as well. Well, yeah, I mean, that's what we did in uh, in my generation um, when I was that sort of age. That's the numbers that Dad had and um, when we enjoyed it. And Alec is just, he lives and breathes it. His, his home reading is the form guide and he clicks to see how many drives, whatever drivers had on what track and um, loves that sort of stuff. And he certainly had a couple of great um, days work experience um, in Victoria. So I've got some school holiday plans sorted out for him uh, over the next few years. Very good. All right, Claire, anything else, Jamie, or you're all good, mate? Well, that's about it, mate. But, no, good luck on Sunday night, Claire. Hopefully the, the mayor can poke for room and run a bit of money. And, you know, you never know. There'll be a win somewhere soon for her, especially over the, the summer carnival up around the northwest coast for sure. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a tough race and it's a tough race to win. But if she can poke up and be in the first half of the field at 400, um, hopefully they've run some good even time and she'll be thereabouts. Thanks for coming on, Claire. We'll, uh, we'll no doubt speak to you again before the opening of the Devonport track, the new Devonport track there, and uh, I'll be fishing for an invitation. 
No worries. I look forward to um, putting that shovel in and digging the first shot. Good on you, Claire. No worries. <laughs> Thanks, Claire. There is Claire McDonald, who is a multi-participant, isn't she, in many ways, Jamie, mate. Uh, let's get a break away. We'll come back the other side, and Jamie Cockshut will give us all the winners from the weekend, and I will mention So Art I, and we'll talk about that as well. Welcome back to Trot's Life. This is the So Art I segment of the Taz Racing Slot. And uh, you left So Art I out, uh, Jamie, and it absolutely bolted in last week. We, um, I won't go over it four times with you. I've done it twice now. That's probably enough. Uh, what's more important is finding a winner this weekend, mate. Yeah, well, you show out all, mate. Yeah, well, I reckon I'll jump a ship for this week. It's racing Sunday night, mate, and I've gone one out in the quaddy, so you've probably won me over, Toby. <laughs> but I, I, I do like the value as a tipster, so that's why I couldn't have it at those sort of odds. And, you know, I think I ended up saying $1.25. And, yeah, but, no, nah, it was very impressive and well done to Emma and um, the Dawn Officer were taking care of it while it's over here because it was very impressive. And it's good to see young Mitch Ford drive a horse for um, Emma Stewart yeah. Sable on Sunday night as well. Now we kick off Bernie on Friday and race two, number one's got the bandages out. Yeah, no, she has. She's pretty talented, Philly. I know Craig Hayes has had a bit of opinion of it and she knows the track Bernie because that's where she's trained at. She's drawn one from the mobile. So all she's got to do is really hold up Toby and she'll get the job done at, you know, probably $2.20. So they might pull it up early, but she could start shorter. But there is a first starter in it from the Todd Rattray stable that's very well bred and has been trialling okay. So it's going to be the danger. But from the pole nurse, Anna should be winning. Yep. Then we head across to race seven, number three, Queen of Deeds. This is a stand start race. Um, but I reckon she can ping from three and lob on top, and if she leads, they won't beat her. She'll win at around about the $3 mark, but it is a stand start there for listeners, so it's not always fair to complete that they're going to step. And one of, the best, back. and one of the best stand start drivers in Australia, Mark Yo on board. Yeah, no, that's for... <laughs> it's probably going to start $2.20 now, because Mark <laughs> yeah. does get him away well, and he drives Bernie track better than, you know, as good as anyone in Tasmania. And, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, she'll be winning. And, and back to race one is a value runner. Number four, he's a rummage. It's drawn four. Um, he's hit and miss at the start, but being at the top of the track, well, I think there's only going to be three with the emergency being scratched. It wouldn't shock me to see him ping across and ping on top, and if he does lead, well, he should get the job done to it around the $4 mark. And then we got the Launceston on, on Sunday night. It's a pretty good card, Launceston. A lot of depth and, you know, a lot of good races. but Big fields. The first first of the better best come out. Race four, number one, Euro King. And it's really found a new lease of life. And it draws the pole over a mile. That looks like the recipe for success should lead and get the job done. Then we go across to race six, number 12, the Brooklyn Brawler. He'll be value. He'll be $3.54. This is a pretty decent race, but he's just had no luck. He's drawn 12, so he's going to be able to make his own luck on Sunday night, and I reckon he can get the job done for the listeners. Yeah. Couple of value, race one, number 10, Debt Till We Part. This is an open race, and he goes all right along session, Debt Till We Part, and I reckon Paul Williams will put him into the race from the bell, and he'll go pretty close at around the $5 mark. And the value runner, the other one, is race five, number one, Calibur. This is the feature of the night, the Danbury Park Pacing Cup, a 2,698-metre stand star race. 
All the good horses were off 30 and 20 metres. You tipped this horse last week and it won, I reckon. Yeah, it did. It was a very good winner. It was very impressive, to be honest. So I'm just thinking, even though one's not ideal from the stand because you've got the horses outside of you, you know, he just could bloody <laughs> but give you a bit of a fright. But if he, if he lobs on top, I'll tell you what, he'll take plenty of running down at around the $6 mark, 6 or $7 mark in the cup. A couple of odds. Um, race three, number four, Miss Barty. Um, she's 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 nowhere near as good as Ash, but um, she's drawn four, <laughs> and she did run an improved race last time. I wouldn't be surprised. Beetle Bailey pushes her out, and if she finds the top, she'll give plenty of cheek at around the twenty to one mark. That was a back. That was a back Jamie to Miss Barty. Uh, it was well, you know, she was in the the news again <laughs> the weekend. Ash winning the the big award, so let's hope Miss Barty can you know get up on the podium herself on on Sunday night. <laughs> And then we go to race nine, number 12, Captain Cosmonaut. Um, he bounced back last week with a pretty decent effort. He'd been out of form, but now he's got it from outside the second line, or more or less. If they go hard and, and get a three-wide trail into the race, he'll be hitting the line strongly out wide. He's a get worth a few coins at around the 12 or 14 to 1 mark. We'll go quality. We'll go 1, 9, 12, 13, 14, 15. Second leg, 12 only. That's a Brooklyn baller. Third leg, 3, so hard I. Last leg, 1, 2, 4, 5, 8, 9 and 12. Uh, $42 for 100%. Then we'll go another one, mate. First leg, 1, 9, 12, 13, 14, 15. Second mm. leg, 6, 10 and 13. Just in case the Brooklyn brawler finds a bit of trouble in the run again. Third leg, 3. Last leg, 1, 2, 4, 5, 8, 9 and 12. $63 give us 50% of the dividend. You could almost just go, Jamie, field in the first leg, Brooklyn Brawler, so art I and field, and you're basically having an all-up on those two in the middle and see what, and hoping for a big result either side. Oh, no, it's not as silly as it seems. So I've done that sort of bit plenty of times yeah. over the years. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, yeah, no, it's... it's, it's, it's Especially the first leg, because that's as open as the Burley Heads of Danbury Park Cup. Yeah, no and even the last leg's a pretty open race, to be honest. All right, mate. Thanks for coming on once again. Uh, you'll be all good for next week. We're nearly at Christmas next week, but you, you'll be all good, mate. Yeah, no, just make sure you send that big package over soon for, for Christmas, mate, because I think it takes about a week to get easy. You better start planning it up pretty soon, Tobes. Yeah, no worries. It's probably two weeks from there, so you'll have to get on to yours uh, straight away, mate. <laughs> <laughs> no worries, buddy. Good on you, Jamie. There is Jamie yes, Jamie Cockshut from Taz Racing with his tips. Our uh, great friend who zooms in every week from Vietnam.